Hello, welcome to Sustainable 213. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 213. We are your friendly little weekly environment podcast, ain't we all? We are. All about people and the planet, and why, despite a carpet of babble, we can still find a few seeds of optimism underneath it all, yes? Yes. And what are we going to be rolling up the corners and looking under this week? Well, not carpets, despite <laughs> despite that lead. We are going to be looking at the increasingly aggy and controversial issue of artificial lawns. Mm. Now, we're going to be putting tanks on these artificial lawns and saying, Oi, bugger off, artificial lawns, uh, because we think they are a nonsense. And we will talk all about that a bit later uh, but of course you know this is this is very much our sort of our normal turf I suppose this oh, this kind of story uh, ordinarily we would do a story like this in November or as I suppose people call it now mo Vember. Um mo yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, no I forgot what my other ones were no, do, won't it? People get the idea. Artificial lawns, that's what we're talking about. We do work for environmental charities, don't we all? Yes. But these are very much our own views. So if anything that you hear makes you want to grass us up, uh, then please just come straight to me and all, but not with, for whom, anyone with whom, for whom we work, yes? Yeah. Don't, yeah. Um, don't blame... Oh, no. <laughs> what? Was that supposed to be played? Could be played, yeah, but that doesn't work. <laughs> You've, uh, you're feeling a bit peculiar, aren't you? Or do you I want to tell fe- the class I why? I'm feeling peculiar. I had my I had my COVID jab this morning, and uh-huh. I I'm feeling a little bit odd. So, yeah. perfectly possible you're about to descend into a feverish delirium in the middle of this podcast. Your challenge, babble listener, is to work out a if and b when that has happened. And if you get to the end and it hasn't happened, I'll let you know then. Okay, yes? very good. Yeah. Oh, and just the other usual disclaimer, we are a listener-funded podcast. So if you like what you're about to hear or you like what you have heard before and you want to help us keep this show on the road, you know what you need to do? You need to go to wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble, delve into your cyber pocket and chuck a couple of cyber coppers into our gobs. Yes? Absolutely. Okay, on with it. On with it. Sustainable of the week. The green plastic watering can. Now, Sustainable of the week. You know what this is. This is when people who are saying things that pertain to be green are exposed to the frauds they are because they're saying stuff which is green nonsense or the opposite of green, which I suppose is brown. Uh, purple, isn't it? Oh. No, orange is the opposite of purple. Oh. Green, I don't know. Don't know. Don't know colours. We'll go brown. Uh, yes, and we're going to be talking about... Now, I've got two bones to pick with you for things you've already said, so let's get this out of the way and pick them mm-hmm. up. Number one, you had a go at me and said that artificial lawns, which is what we're talking about, is not a carpet. I put it to you, that is exactly what an artificial lawn is. It is a carpet. It's a carpet that goes in your garden. So we'll come to that. Secondly, um, one thing you can't accuse this of is not being green. Well, I suppose it is literally green. Yes. yes. No, it's yes. fair. Okay, fine. Yeah, this is yes. literally green in the same yes. way that, you know, those big oil barrels that say BP on the side, they're literally green, aren't they? So, yes, yes it's exactly. green like that, but not green as you and I know it, which means things that are good for the planet. All right. Don't get uptight with me, mate. Because if you do, I'll have to give you a dose of medicine. Now, the reason that we got thinking about this was one of our excellent listeners. In fact, the very same listener who is, for reasons known only to himself, listening to every single babble from the beginning, (laughs) which means he won't know that we've used his email to cover this topic until, I don't know, six months' time or something. So anyway, hello, Richard Dowling. Well done for listening. You're you're strange, but that's fine. Uh, and, And we hope that at some point in the future you enjoy hearing your name in this episode. Yeah, Richard wrote to us. He wrote to us, he did. And he said he wanted to make an episode suggestion about which he gets incredibly sweary. And that is artificial lawns, which is basically, um, as he says, a 
pretty horrible thing that people are doing increasingly to their gardens. They're looking at their gardens, old people. They're going, right, I've got my house or my flat with my garden. Can't be arsed with that. I'm going to cover it in green plastic. And there is a growing market, a booming market, a multi-billion pound international market in artificial lawns, synthetic turf, all. Um, and we wanted to talk about it. And I confess, I confess, I hadn't really thought about this very much. And you were like, that's a good email off Richard, we're doing that. And I was like, why are we doing that? And you went, find out about it. And I did find out about it. And I totally agree, we are doing this. <laughs> yeah, no, you were you were, you were, were all meh about it when, I, when no, we were texting. Meh, yeah. You were like, oh, is this a thing? Do I have to care about the thing? And I was like, honestly, look into it. And you will care about this thing. Richard cares about this thing. I care about this thing. And now Dave cares about this thing. And on, on our yes. prep doc, you can watch the slow descent from apathetic man <laughs> to apoplectic man. And all, yeah. all the comments at the bottom of the document are in like size 10, 100, you know, what's it called? Like Windigs font, uh, all caps, Wind bright dings. red. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like... just exclamation marks in Chinese characters, basically. Yeah, so, this is what's going on. Now, I, things I learned in the course of doing this, you're not getting an artificial lawns quiz because you know all about artificial lawns already. I should have an artificial lawns quiz, but I did the research so I don't need it. Plastic, that's what it is. It's basically, like I said, I was right to pick you up on this, a carpet made of, like, plastic that you put in your garden. Yeah. And I should have known about this and had an opinion about it because last summer it was, in fact, not even summer, kind of... April-ish. Some new people moved into the flat one over and down so I can see out my window and see their garden, right? And it was before it was like derelict kind of, you know, weedy, rocky thing. And they moved in and you started to see they were doing stuff to their garden. And I thought, yay, how nice. You know, I don't have a garden, but at least if you have a garden, bloody well use it. And I was happy for them. And then what they did was they cleared out their garden, got loads of their mates around and then covered it in something that looks like AstroTurf. Well, it is AstroTurf, like just bright green kind of fake grass. And I sincerely hope it's not the most expensive one you can get, because if it is, it's an indictment of the whole thing. But the point is, it looks horrible. And this was a year ago, and it looks horrible now already. Like, it's already shit. It's already started to go tatty. So that... And there is not a square inch of soil visible in that garden. And it's bloody horrid. So that's, that surprises me a bit, because I thought that the whole point of these things was they're like low maintenance, they look brilliant all the way through. Now, obviously, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What, what you think might look horrible, other people might think looks lovely. But I, but taking that aside, I assumed they were just constant. So like bright green fake grass that was laid down in year one still looks like bright green fake grass in year five, ten, whatever. But you're saying that they just immediately start looking shit as well, do they? Well, I don't think they've done it very well. But they've done it, it's like slightly random colours. I think they've just got some off cuts of it. And they haven't, they've laid it themselves and it's all started yeah. to look a bit like the lino in a, tea, in, a, in a church canteen or something. Like it's all started to go a bit peely up around the corner. Um, and it just looks horrible. And I, I guess because like I hadn't, I haven't actually ever personally been, I don't think, into a garden where someone has done this, which is why I was a bit like, is that a thing? But then, yeah, it's really horrible, right? And okay, more so we'll, and more people are doing it. That's, that's the thing that's happening. Where the grass fits too tight around the obstacle, splice the carpet, starting at the bottom of the obstacle. This releases any tension and allows the grass to lay flat. Yeah, so this is very much a trend and I have seen, I've seen lots of people on social media and admittedly, you know, I have a particular bubble on social media. Um, a bubble bubble. Hmm? A bubble bubble. A bubble bubble, yeah. yeah. It's a Estonia bubble. Uh, and it is a thing which that bubble wasn't really talking about, I would say, a year ago, but increasingly is lots of people getting irate about the proliferation of these lawns. And to give it some context, what did you find out? You found out that there is a global market, well, there was a global market five years ago of about two, worth about £2 billion for this whole fake lawn thing. And it is going up massively. Uh, and who was it? The, the Royal Horticultural Society did a survey and found that there has been a threefold rise in the number of front gardens 
that have been paved over, which is not what we're talking about here. Why is that in the notes, Dave? <laughs> was that to trick me? Was that to, was that to test <laughs> how Good. much I've been paying attention to all of your that's, excellent that's research? One of, that's one of three things in this prep doc that make no sense at all. So we should look <laughs> forward super. to stumbling upon the other ones. Very good. <laughs> well, should we t- like tell us? You've done you've done all the proper reading into this. Tell us what these things actually are. Uh, yeah. So before we get on to you know why they're the work of Satan. Yeah, well, so what they are most most of the uh, artificial lawns is like a layer of plastic uh, on top of some like fake kind of poly. What they made of plastic or polyester and nylon, sort of fake grass, like bits of grass. It's not green like plastic. It looks like if you've ever been to, in fact, to be honest, if you go to most sort of hardcore football grounds now, they've got a sort of they've got a weave, right? So they have real grass and fake grass kind of way. Yeah, I read this in. about. I remember someone saying this about Liverpool's pitch like a couple of years ago that it's like five percent plastic. Or yeah, something. which apparently which, which apparently holds mind. together all the rest of the grass or something. My mate was telling me about this. I'm mean, like, I don't. We could have a whole thing about football pitches. That doesn't sound great, but at least they are mostly like real grass. Well, also, but like, this is entirely football fact- pitches were never the never designed to be, you know, havens for <laughs> biodiversity. Like no, they are arguably opposite. serving a different function. I mean, there are some animals that do roam football pitches, but you know, not in the way that me and you think about it. There was a while there where a small colony of foxes had set up a permanent home in the centre circle at Cambridge United. <laughs> like, not disturbed for three years. <laughs> Certainly not in the opposition's goal. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the safest place to be. Um, so that's what it is. They These things last about 20 years, at which point, we'll come to this, at which point you basically have to chuck them in the bin. It costs a sodding fortune, to be honest. Like, it's about, for according to one of the companies, for an average garden size, which is 60 square meters i've no idea can't do square things that's about four grand up to four grand you have to pay that seems to like do a that big average well uh, don't know. Uh, some people have got very big gardens averages in it now i'm not going to make my mistake with averages again no. but you only need like the queen and then you can have 10 times your normal size garden can't you or something i like suppose that. so yeah taking into account the gardens at buckingham palace windsor palace yeah. <laughs> and everywhere yeah. else the average size is actually 60 square meters and it was when i found that fact was when i started to get sad um, later on, I got angry, but I actually got sad thinking about the idea of someone having a garden, looking at it and going, I'm going to cover that in plastic and spending £4,000 on doing it. It just made me feel like we've gone wrong somewhere, haven't we, people, that I we're think, doing that? I think that is what gets me about this story, because I I know what you mean when you say, like, but what what is this? It's just a bad thing that people are doing, like, whatever. Yeah. There's loads of bad things that people are doing. But it's it's such a kind of the mindset is just wrong. <laughs> it's it's completely flawed in terms of well carpeted. It's flawed. <laughs> it is carpeted. It's uh, everything that we need to be doing is the opposite of what is happening here. We need to be like reconnecting with the natural world as we find it allowing like imperfection and mess and let go you know relinquishing control not trying to sort of dominate the natural world or like conceal it or separate ourselves from it that's that's all the things we shouldn't be doing and covering what should be a lovely little patch of uh, of earth in plastic sheet is just the opposite and i think i f- i find that really really Cloying. I wonder if there are any Babel listeners who have one who are going to think that we're bastards. People. What a bunch of bastards. Well, I mean, there are some reasons why... Right, so the main reason why people do it is they are like, I cannot be asked to look after a lawn. I would like a lawn. I would like an outside space. I don't want to cover it in paving slabs, but I cannot be asked to mow it. Some I people, don't think that's true. I don't think well, that, I, th- I think some people might have I think that might have been the, the start of it but I yeah. think now it's an aspirational thing I think it's So you think people are actively going I want my garden to look like that Yes absolutely because it's it's the same you know look at kind of 
Instagram influencers type thing or like all the filters that you can use on Instagram or on any mm. social media platform. It is ironing out like literally kind of ironing out wrinkles and imperfections uh, and replacing it with something sort of what's the word I'm looking for? Not monochrome, but, you know, just just uniform and yeah, monoculture. Yeah, well, it is a monoculture, but, but not even a culture. Making, it's not, it's making something completely uniform and flawless um, mm. In places, it's something that might be a bit messy, and I, I, I honestly think that people now are doing it because of how it looks. I don't think it's a practical solution to a, you know, a, a lawn that was getting out of hand. Maybe for some people, but I don't. I doubt that's why it's becoming popular. I mean, some people have an excuse, like some people can't, you know, are disabled or really old or something, and can't mow lawns. In which case, you know, this is not really what we're talking about here. Maybe you're right, and that only makes it more depressing. Right, that only oh, yeah. makes it more depressing. <laughs> Sorry, don't get me wrong. I'm not coming to you with reasons for to be cheerful. I'm coming yeah. to you with reasons why everything is absolutely screwed. Yeah. Now we're going to come to this later, but I want to make it abundantly clear. Oh, that you in particular, and I think me, you have persuaded. It's not like we're saying the alternative of a lawn, what you mow to an inch of its life covering weed killer and, you know, keep looking like the centre court of Wimbledon. It's not like that is good either, right? You are anti-lawn, correct? Um, well, I'm anti-lawn in this, if you're talking about a thing which is kept very short and is basically a, a desert in terms of biodiversity. Yes, yes I'm anti-that. Yes. I'm pro-having, like nice long grass in your garden where insects can live and things what eat insects can come and visit yeah but you wouldn't call that a lawn i don't think no i suppose not do you want to know what i've done to the lawn in the place where i currently live shat on it no i no i haven't shat on it um <laughs> lot, <laughs> lots right. of next mrs. Old? cats have no to my knowledge mrs Ol hasn't shat on it uh, but we, you'll have noticed there was a lockdown and you've lo- noticed mm. that, you know, it's just forever winter. Well, we've been playing football on that lawn for about six solid months and it is now mud. It's just Good. mud. There's no grass oh. there. Right. Just you wait until friend of the babble Chris Packham hears about this. Friend of the Bible, Chris Packham, has done his nut about artificial lawns. And when he hears that you have ripped up your beautiful bit of grass by covering it in football, it'll do his nut at you as well. Yeah. Friend of the Bible, Chris Packham, he, he, uh, a couple of years ago, he just picked up... It's the sort of thing. You're, right, picture the scene. You, you are the PR person for an artificial grass company, and your job is to do the Twitter and stuff for the artificial grass company. Indeed, it's called Perfectly Green Artificial Grass. And you go to work and you're like, right, what have I got to do today? I've got to do some tweets about perfectly green artificial grass. So you get you fire up your Twitter and you go, dum 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 and you take a pic... You, someone sent you a picture of, like, your artificial grass being installed somewhere, and you tweet it and you just go, there we are. Look, from desolate wasteland to luscious lawn in a day, right? And you don't really think about it. It hasn't really crossed your mind that what you're doing is in a hoffery, um, and at, you at best, turn your like, computer off. Someone might notice and go, oh, yeah, that's nice. But more realistically, yeah. no one's going to notice, right? Yeah, well, someone did notice. Friend of the Babble, Chris Packham, quote tweeted it and goes, <laughs> wrong, right, with his million followers. He goes, wrong, he says, from luscious biodiversity to desolate plastic wasteland. Don't worry, we don't need wildlife, do we? He gets very sarky. We haven't found solace in respite in the nature in our gardens over the last year, have we? No. So just rip it up and live in Barbie's Legoland then. Idiots. Oh, I'm going to Legoland tomorrow. Oh God! Well, he's right. He's right. So look, look. Let's let's. Just oh no, count. we hadn't finished. Oh, we hadn't finished. Oh, sorry. No, oh no, no, we haven't finished. He then wrote a thing which <laughs> said, "Remember, the worst thing you can do is put down artificial turf." From my point of view, artificial turf is the horticultural antichrist. I wish he would say what he means. I know. Such a, oh. He must have splinters in his arse from all that fence sitting. Chris I think that's the new name I'm going to give my neighbour. I'm going to call him the horticultural antichrist. <laughs> I'm going to go round with a note. I'm going to go round with a cake and a cup of tea and a little note saying, oh, and by the way, you are the horticultural antichrist. As Chris Packham says, it displays a complete disconnection with nature and a disregard for the fact we're in a biodiversity crisis. And he says, I would ban it. 
I would like to come on to that. I'm going to come back to that later uh, right. about banning it. But I do think we should just canter through <clears throat> the the arguments that are levelled against uh, plastic lawns, not just Chris Packham's arguments, but the things that people say are wrong with them. So, right. uh, well, we'll start with that one. Covers up the soil, doesn't allow uh, things that are in the soil to come out, like worms, doesn't yep. allow things that are above the soil to go in, like little insects and stuff. Um, uh, what? Poo. If your dog wheezes on an yeah, artificial lawn, then the wee will seep through. If your dog poos on an artificial lawn, it will stay there until you sponge it off. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. That's not very nice, is it? Uh, so, yeah, someone who is it? Bug Life we're talking about this. Yeah, they're saying it blocks access to the soil for things that, that are... a Blur album, isn't it? Uh, yeah, dunk. Gudung, 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 gudung. Yeah, he was saying, Mr. Bug Life, Mr. Alban, <laughs> D. Alban from Bug Life, the charity, uh, was saying that it blocks access to the soil beneath for burrowing insects such as solitary bees, and presumably oh. bees with friends as well. Uh, what and the ground. What's a bee doing underneath a, underneath a plastic lawn? No, it's not. It's trying to burrow into the earth, isn't it? To get oh, like I a see. little home and stuff. Um, no, well, well, to, get, to get mud. What? Stop interrupting me! I'm trying to say. I just, you're, you're, you're saying things that I don't understand. Do bees get to get mud? Do bees collect mud? Some bees do. Yeah, they they collect mud, um, the right sort of mud to go and make their homes. Do bees collect mud? Oh, I'm asking you again. Yes. Do they? Yes. You sure? Right. I'm going to start to feel funny. No, uh, I'm sure there's a thing called like a mining bee, solitary. Mining it's a spelling bee, but that's something else, isn't it? Bees, mining bees, and they nest underground. They build a volcano-like mound of soil around the mouth of its burrow. Nests Who can does? often be seen. These are uh, tawny mining bees. This ones uh, nests them, can often be seen in lawns and flower beds in gardens and parks, or in mown banks and field margins in farmland and orchards. There you go. I, but yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely seen bees collecting bits of mud from like clayey pond edges and stuff, which they use for something. So back to uh, the point. So the, yeah, your artificial lawns stop uh, bees doing that. Stop other little things um, that live in the ground coming up. So when your worm says, oh, "I felt you a little, oh, a little stretch of the old legs, stretch of the leg," I suppose. Uh, it, it tries to pop out of the soil and it just boshes its head on the underside of your artificial lawn and goes, oh, well, I suppose I'll go back to me old, old wormhole then. I like that you think worm is all leg. But that's what you think worm is. <laughs> well, what one else? Giant, one giant leg. It is. And his name is Wiggly Woo. Come on, let's wiggle, everyone. What else is wrong with lawns, artificial lawns? Okay, so it creates a huge volume of plastic. These things wow. are plastic. They just are plastic. They and just are plastic. That we, you know, I suppose when it's on your lawn or not your lawn, what was formerly known as your lawn, it's not a plastic pollution problem of sorts, but at some point it's going to turn to shit and you're going to throw it out and that's going to be plastic, what you're throwing out. Uh well, so. it is kind of, yeah, I mean, we'll come to that in a sec, but just to pick you up on something, that actually it is a pollution problem because people tread on plastic and plastic will break into microplastics. I mean, apparently there's a lack of, sort yes, of concrete, enough, yeah. da concrete data about this, but Madeleine Berg, who works for an environmental charity called Fedra, said in a Guardian article, she says that, like, you're standing on it and also the sun is shining on it and, like, dogs shit on it and stuff. Like, microplastics is going to happen as a result of that. She was very sceptical about the idea that you wouldn't be getting little bits of plastic going into the soil and into the air, and as discussed last week's babble, flying around the world. Super. Okay. Um, so, coming on to the throwing outy bitty, uh, you put, <laughs> rather delicately in the, uh, in the notes, they can't always be recycled. No. And I reckon... They are never recycled because who on earth in like after 15 years of having a crappy artificial lawn is going to go now? Where is the specialised recycling plant based in Europe where I can get this thing uh, painstakingly 
<laughs> taken apart and re-entered into the circular economy. Ain't going to happen. It's going to be thrown out and it's going to be burnt or shoved in landfill. Uh, right. Good news. It is also bad for climate change. Um, of course it is. It's sod in plastic. Grass. Made out of oil. Yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> yes. Fair yes. point. <laughs> yes. Um, unlike plastic, grass isn't made out of oil, I can exclusively reveal. Uh, but it also does suck carbon out of the air, like all living things, I suppose. Um, but plastics do, uh, plastic lawns do the opposite. So... Uh, and apparently you have to put a load of sand down. Yeah, saying. I think, well, you've got to make it flat, haven't you? So you've got to, um, as I understand it, you basically got to, if you just have some soil, it's not going to be dead flat. And you have to kind of put the sand down as a drainage layer or something and to make it like proper dead flat. Um, and in so doing, you're like taking some of the soil away, which means you're taking stored CO2 in the soil away, apparently, according to okay. the boss of Friends of the Babel Trees for Cities. Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay. Uh, makes flooding worse? How does it do that? Well, it's a plastic sheet, isn't it? Uh, albeit one with um, holes in it. But like, if you put a load of water onto some fake grass and a load of water onto some real grass, the water on the fake grass is going to take longer to go away. So it's that, isn't it? Okay, super. Yeah. Uh, and final part, I hadn't thought about this one, but uh, apparently it can get very hot, um, which <laughs> ironically means you can't use the bloody things because they're too hot to walk on. Yeah, there's all these stories. I think it's pretty. Like, it's obviously more of a problem in hot countries. There's all these stories I found of like Americans whose kids were playing soccer on the uh, on the lawn in the middle of like summer and burning the bottom of their feet because the lawn, you know, because the plastic was just ripping into the soles of their feet because it's sodding hot. That kind of thing. I mean, if that doesn't tell you what stupid bloody thing you're doing, I have precisely no sympathy for you. But you know, <laughs> still. <laughs> Hello, I'm Chris Packham, and you're listening to Sustainababble. So it will not surprise you to learn, Ol, I do not imagine, that as a sector, as an industry, it attaches itself to an awful lot of babble. Babble follows it around like a bad smell from a doggy's bottom, mm. Ol. Um, and I just randomly picked on two of these here grass companies, one of which described itself as eco-friendly. And frankly, when you see artificial grass describing itself as eco-friendly, my babble tenne were going all twitchy, all <laughs> twitchy. Oh, um, I mean, so this the, is a company. How the, I'm sorry. How the f- yep. Oh, dear me. Can you have the brass neck to say this thing, which is a substitute for actual plants... And is made of oil, and is artificial, is an eco-friendly product. It's like last week we were saying, "Give us that word back." You can't have eco for just anything you want. Specifically, this sort of stuff. I know you really can't. Um, so, two examples of of apparently green um, artificial grass. So, a company called Royal Grass, registered trademark. Um, <laughs> Where to start with this? Arabella, I hope you've uh, hope you've had a good night's sleep. So we're going to warm you up. So Royal Grass say this. Royal Grass is intrigued with natural grass and we are always looking for how we can learn from nature in our quest to be able to offer the most natural looking and lifelike greener grass systems. The ultimate goal is to develop artificial grass that has the look and feel of natural grass but outperforms its natural source of inspiration. Yeah, I mean, where to start with this? Well, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with them being intrigued with natural grass. Good. Firstly, Leave you, don't it get there. Intrigued. you don't get intrigued with something, you cretins. You get intrigued <laughs> by something. Um, but <laughs> I you're... love that. Uh, there are many things to be angry about here, but none more so than your shit grammar. Yes, I know. Um, I, I put it to you that you're not intrigued with natural grass. You're quite the opposite. I put it to you you are not intrigued enough with natural grass and and never mind always looking for how you can learn from nature like how you can learn from nature is not cover it in plastic like you've already you've not learned anything doing that you've made your life a lot harder um what else they say oh the ultimate goal is to develop well, artificial on, grass no, oh hello wait what? wait they want to learn from nature in their quest to be able to offer the most natural looking and lifelike greener grass systems 
you know what I think is the most natural looking and lifelike greener grass system, Dave? Um, no, you've lost me. You've lost me. It, it's grass, Dave. Grass. Grass, grass. Is that the stuff from the before times? People <laughs> it had, might be. People yeah. had in their gardens and made them a bit dirty and had to mow it sometimes. Yeah. Well, there's nothing we can learn from that. That's not progress, is it? We need a lifelike greener grass system. All. <laughs> Quite right. Quite right. Um, Jesus, uh, wet. Christ on a bike. Uh, and this goes on and on and on. Their claim why this is eco-friendly, in case you were wondering, um, is because all of it is made from the same stuff. Oil. It's all made from the same plastic. Oil. So they're, they're cla- well, yes, but their claim is because their grass is all made of the same plastic. That means you can bung it in the recycling. There's a big asterisk. Asterisk. Um, and unlike grass, that, fake grass that is made of lots of different plastics, where just like a Pringles tube, you can't recycle it. So their claim is it is 100% recyclable because it is an environmentally friendly material. This is poly, polypropylene and polyethylene, by the way, is what it is. Um, and they claim that is a 100% recyclable, environmentally friendly material. And they call it EcoSense. Royal I, Grass Ecosense. There is a thing called the Advertising Standards Authority mm. where, and I have done this in the past, in a mm. previous worky thing, where I have complained to them and said, that advert there is not, like, telling the truth. And I honestly think that this sort of stuff should be taken to the Advertising mm. Standards Authority. Like, you can't, you, you just can't say those things. That's <laughs> completely completely misleading and it's i don't care that like i'm not saying that what angers me is that this company might make some money off of misleading things i'm angered that this is like completely reinforcing this bullshit idea that plastic grass is okay and it's not okay so anyone listening who's got more time and frankly you know get up and go than me uh, go and complain to the Advertising Standards Agency. Find one of their bits of their code that says uh, you can't be an Inhofe and say, look, here's an advert where they've been an Inhofe. And then report back. Thanks very much. I'm asking why? I'll tell you why, because it's balls, that's why. It's complete balls. <laughs> well, we haven't finished. There's another one. There's Lazy Lawn, which is another company, genuinely, that I picked at random. Um, who claim now I, w- I did ask Big Dave if he had any time today to explain this to me and he was like no I haven't I've got a toddler I've got work sod off and do it yourself because I think it's quite complicated but they claim that their artificial grass has technology in it which uses light to purify the air that's what they claim now Right, I know, that face that you've just done, that's the face I did. And I did this quite early this morning. I was a bit confused by it. Um, and so I looked into it, and apparently, like, it's not... It is actually a thing. It's, like, nanotubes. It's titanium dioxide. Titanium something? Titanium something nanotubes, which uses a thing called photocatalysis. Photocatalysis? Photocatalysis. I don't know. Something, anyway. Which uh, light shines on it, and it uh, sucks oxygen, sucks pollution out of something i don't know it, 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 there are scientific papers i think it's actually a thing so i don't want to say it's bollocks particularly because it probably works in some way what is bollocks is that lazy lawn artificial grass then pop up in my facebook feed because that's the way obviously the internet works claiming that their artificial not if i grass get my range, way isn't dave not if i get my way <laughs> <laughs> quite right uh, claiming that their artificial grass range is Our innovative artificial grass range is eco-friendly, air purifying and self-cleaning. Invest in your ecological future now. Your ecological future. Oh, invest in your ecological future by covering your garden in sheet plastic. By putting a plastic bag on your lawn. Oh, it's so depressing. Do you know what is even more depressing about this one? Uh, So you've pasted a screenshot of the advert itself onto our prep document and there are, there is a picture of two little kiddies playing with toy soldiers on their fake plastic lawn and it is the polar opposite of what that wise Vibar Cregan Reed told us go back and listen to episode 119 no 
Anyway, what about what about Viber? Viber. Viber was telling us that it is very important to make sure kids can muck around in the dirt, get all of those lovely good microbes mm. from the soil, get them in their fingernails, eat spoonfuls of soil, including cat poo and stuff. Mm. That's not true. You can go blind if you eat cat poo, but uh, otherwise, otherwise it is true. And the point is yep. that this is like a picture of that kind of, again, that sanitised version of the world of like, let's keep our kids nice and clean and protected from the natural world. And it's so, it's it makes me so cross, but it also makes me so sad. Like, th- that is... That is the one thing that kids want to do without having to think about it is go and muck around in the dirt. And if you're like training that out of them by cutting them off from what little patches of natural grass you've got, then, oh. Well, people think sad. dirt is bad, don't they? Another, you know, one that didn't explicitly say this earlier, but one of the reasons people get fake lawns put down is because they don't like their dogs or their kids bringing dirt into their pristine as you quite rightly say instagrammable kitchens Mm, it's all the same stuff it's so monumentally depressing oh it really really is so what we need is a petition No, Dave. What we need is three petitions on the same sort of thing, um, but like cannibalising their their collective support because that's what we got. Yeah, there is. Well, I think uh, in in fairness, one of them is closed. I think, and all of these look like they're kind of towards the end of their life. So these are petitions to the House of Parliament, you know, public petitions that you can sign, and I think they last for about six months. And we're probably due a new petition because all of these are about six months old, and they've all got like. 10,000-ish sort of that ballpark of signatures. Um, we will put a link to one in the show notes, won't we, all? Remember yep. to do that, will you? Yep. But, um, yeah, there might be other ones. And they're basically saying to the government, either A, just ban this sick filth, right, or B, <laughs> require planning permission, which is quite interesting. So basically saying, like, um, there may be some cases when people need to do this, uh, but you should have to go with, you should consider it, like, building an extension to your house, because that's basically, you know, you are... It's not a garden. It is, you know, a human-made mm. material covering a bit of soil. Um, and the government has already responded to one of these, all. Um, it will not surprise you to learn they are teetering on the edge of taking decisive and immediate action <laughs> to halt the scourge of artificial lawns. They are just about... Oh, no, they're not. No, what do they say? Uh, they said no. They said sod off. Well, it, sometimes, now, when you have been doing babble watching for as long as me and I'll have, you know when the government hasn't even thought about a thing in how it responds. Sometimes governments have thought about a thing and they will give you a long reason why they are or are not doing that thing. Usually, they haven't thought about a thing. They clearly haven't, couldn't give a shit less about official lawns. Some poor sods has been dragged out of bed at two in the morning and gone, yeah, there's a petition about official lawns. And they've gone, what? what's that? And probably like me, they've gone, man, it's not very important. Um, and they, they respond by saying, yeah, the government has no plans to ban the use of artificial grass uh, because... We prefer to help people and companies make the right choice rather than banning items outright. The Government's Resources and Waste Strategy for England, published in 2018, outlines the ways in which we will meet our ambition to eliminate all avoidable plastic waste by taking action across each stage of the product life cycle as we move towards a more circular economy. I mean, first things first... That's just not true about banning things. They ban things when it suits them. Of course they do. That's politics. So like, don't, don't, don't just lie and say that we don't ban things because we don't agree with banning things. Yeah, you do. All the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like uh, hugging. Huh? Like hugging, for example. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> hugging <laughs> has been banned for most of the last year. Having yep. sex with anyone if you're a single person and you might want to have sex with somebody who doesn't live in your house, that's been banned for a long time. You ban yep. things when you think it's right to ban things. So don't tell me you don't ban things. Uh, but what else? Yeah, the fact that they haven't said, oh, yes, this is terribly important and we are going to ban this once we've consulted on banning this, just in case there's a good reason not to ban it, um, that suggests that they have no intention of banning it because that's what Mr. Gove would do, isn't it? He would have a consultation on banning this stuff um, and that may or may not lead to anything. I'm anaspeptic, phrasmotic. (laughs) 
even compunctuous to have caused you such pericombobulation. So, look, we'll post a link to the petition, get angry, get righteous. I have noticed loads of people, as it's come from somewhere, it started, the, the, some of these petitions have started to generate, like you were saying, like it, it, people are starting to talk about this now. Mm. I don't know if it's because loads of people are, like loads of artificial lawns are being laid down as people, you know, as the summer turns up and so people are starting to see them. Or maybe it's just one of those things a bit like me, the people were like, you know... That's that shit, and they kind of notice I think, it. I think there's just more of them. I think it's starting to yeah. be a thing which is more more visible. But you do also have like these two competing trends, don't you? That is definitely true. That lots and lots of people now are on board with the idea of like you know, let your garden go a bit wild. Messy gardens are good, great thing for wildlife, great thing for kids to explore, particularly in lockdown when. You know, getting to know the little critters in your garden has been quite a fun thing to do. Like that is also it, not exploding, but you know, it's it's more of a thing. It's not like the '90s where Alan Titchmarsh was saying just cover everything in decking and um, be done with it. Like that's that's going well, but it's I guess in direct competition. You just got these two competing trends going simultaneously. All, all I will say about this idea of banning them is that, I mean, obviously it would be great if the government went, oi, mm. this is banned, and if yes. they then enforced it, which I can't imagine they're ever going to do. Like, who's well, who's no. going to be like the lawn inspector? That's not going to work, right? And I, so I, I, do, I do support a ban, but what I would much rather is that there was a sort of cultural kind of shift and that people were like hang on a minute no this is a bad idea i i don't want to do this i don't like doing this i'm not that sort of lawn person because that's more yeah. important really than a rule sometimes you learn about a thing as i have done and by the time you're done learning about it you go i'm really f***ing cross about that <laughs> And I think the reason I wasn't f***ing cross about it before was because I hadn't f***ing well realised what the f*** was going on. And I think the more people realise what the f*** is going on, they're also going to get f***ing cross about it. And they're going to go, f*** me, look at the f***ing state of this f***ing shit. Language, Timothy. So I don't think it's going to take very much for this issue to become a sort of pariah thing. I don't, I really don't, all it will take will be an Attenborough documentary about it or something like that, or Chris Packham slightly ramping up, you know, his, his hoo-ha about it. Um, it just seems like such a nonsense to me. But then maybe what we maybe we're completely underestimating the hold of that perfect house stuff that you were talking about. What's that like, idea of ideal and perfect? Like these are, these are things that are literally unattainable. You, there is no such thing as the perfect home the perfect garden whatever but these whole industries exist to, to convince you that there is so that you keep striving for it and you keep buying the new thing and posting about it on instagram and oh god i'm gonna i'm sounding like one of those old bores and i suppose i am an old bore now but when are we going to get over this idea of perfect dave that is at the root of so many problems stop striving for perfect perfect doesn't exist and actually it does exist it's the natural world being allowed to do its own thing that's perfect there is no greater duty for any nation than protecting our people and our planet on the subject of plastic we just have to give a shout out we have to give a shout out to the green the new greenpeace advert that is doing the rounds yes, we do um isn't it Superb. It is. Put a thing in the show notes, will you, all, yes. that links off to it. Or just search Greenpeace Plastic Advert on your Google medium of choice, um, as if as if you have one. Um, and uh, it's just extraordinary, because it really captures, as Friends of the Babble, James Murray says, it really captures the difference between what government says and what it actually does. It really sort of brings that home. And it brings the, the extent to which, you know, we've been talking about one particular bit of the economy what is like covering shit in plastic it's all about the extent to which plastic is everywhere 
in our economy. And all of the, oh, we're banning spoons or we're consulting on getting rid of plastic stirrers, you know, all that bollocks. This is what's really going on, right? Plastic is big money. It's getting bigger money, all. Um, and yes, yeah, superb advert is what it is. It is. An excellent example of show, don't tell as well, uh, which I know is a thing that they are very good at and a thing that I am less good at. Yes. Well, I just banged on about it. I took as long banging on about a thing that does a very good job of not banging on about yeah. thing. So In some, watch the video. Just watch the video. Things that went well and things that could have gone better. Right, so this is the section of the show where we sit down in a small meeting room and we talk dispassionately about the last period of time and how if we had that time again, we might do things differently. But because we're nice, fluffy people, no one's going to get sacked. No one's going to be held to account. It's all fine. Just carry on in our mediocrity. Yes. And we've had two bits of interesting correspondence. Well, actually, three bits. Um, Sarah Grantham told us about some babble. Really good babble. Sorry we haven't used it. We should probably use it in the future. But please keep the babble coming. Thank you, Sarah, for that. But no, we, we the other two bits of correspondence that we had were not telling us off for something. Yay! It's amazing. We had, like, we had, so one was from Babel listener Robert, uh, sorry, Robert, uh, Schiewek, Schiewek, German, I think, German surname. Oh, uh, say Schiewek. 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 Um, Anyway, um, and he is talking. We were talking in episode 212 all about targets, mm. about the danger of setting targets if you just meet them by essentially ticking a box and making it look like you met the target. It can be worse than not having had it in the first place. And Robert points out this is actually a thing. It's a law called Goodhart's or Strathern's law. When setting a target and measuring it renders the measure useless because people just circumvent it and do the sort of easy way of reaching the target um and he also the point no that's not what it's saying okay it's saying that instead of doing the hard but sort of useful thing in order to actually reach that target they just find a way of filling in their spreadsheets differently so that it looks like they've met their target Yes, very good. Quite right. Sorry. Thank you very much. Um, and also he says he's. we were talking about uh, biodiesel in last episode through the lens of chip fat. And he was talking about in Germany, if all of Germany's agricultural land was converted to rapeseed, it wouldn't substitute the amount of diesel that is used in Germany. So basically pointing out, like, as he says, it gives some perspective on how much driving we do and recycling a bit of deep frying leftovers isn't going to cut it. Yeah. So thank you, Robert, for that. Very, very good. And you were very taken by the email from Babel listeners, Joe and Richard, weren't you? I loved it. I loved it. They, by yeah. their own admission, they'd been on the wines, the vegan wines, <laughs> but they'd been on the wines. And I encouraged more of this. If any of Babel yes. listeners listen to this with a couple of glasses of wine, please, at that point, write in. Don't wait until you're sober. I want more drunk emails. This is great. <laughs> and they went, are oysters vegan? Um, they didn't put it in caps, but I just like to think that they're a bit leery by this stage. Yes, they said, <laughs> are oysters vegan? Argue amongst yourselves. Are they any more of a living thing than a plant as they lack a nervous system? and, if done right and sustainably, can enhance the ecosystem through filtration. Or, because they have an arsehole, are they an animal? My boyfriend says, this is Joe, I think, uh, my boyfriend says, if you poke them with a pin, they clam up, so they're a fleshy animal. And I presume at that point, the glass of red wine tumbled out of her <laughs> hand onto the sofa. I can and... picture Joe and Richard sat there on the sofa, <laughs> screaming at each other. I've got a nervous system, no, have they? Leave it, Joe, it's not worth it. It's a very interesting philosophical question. And we thought, just like Joe from Letchworth, who sent us an interesting email about 10 episodes ago, we thought we would open this up to the Babel Army. So if you have an opinion, Babel Army, on whether oysters are an arsehole, no, oysters no. are a vegan, um, <laughs> oysters are, are oysters are vegan, um, please do email us at hello at sustainababble.fish or find us on Facebook, just search Sustainababble, or tweet us at the Babel Wagon. I am intrigued by the idea that everything with an arsehole is an animal, because that would mean that like Top Gear is an animal. Or the government <laughs> is an animal, um, but I suppose, in a manner of speaking, it is. It is, yeah. Certainly, if you poke it with a pin, it clams up. <laughs> Hello, 
Okay, so that is just about it for another episode of The Babble. Thank you very much, Dave, for laying down The Babble. <sighs> Quite welcome. Yeah, thank you very much, Ol, for uh, your tarpaulin puns. <laughs> I like that. That's a sort of meta pun. That's good. Yeah. Thank um, you very much. I thought yeah. you were going to thank me for uh, for sort of seeding this idea. Uh, yeah, very good. Imagination. Well, anyway, we've got to get out of here now. Oh, so, um, thank you very much to the legendary Arthur Stovall for the logo. Logo, what adorns our uh, uh, what? Yes, the logo. Thank you, Arthur Stovall, for the logo. Um, yes. Thank you very much to the majestic Dickie Moore for the music that starts, ends, and intertwinkles this podcast. And as always, to Arabella for so nobly and heroically weeding her way through the oh, eco gaff. Very nice, day. Very good. If you would like to give us some pennies, we would be very, very grateful. And you can do so by going to wubblywubblywubbly.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash sustainababble. And you will join the legion of babble fans who give us a little bit of cash and keep this show on the road. And we love them and we will love you even more than we already do. Good. Right. Enough of this. I'm going to go and be vaccinated more i feel quite vaccinated right now very good glad mm. to hear it all see you next week bye okay bye oh we didn't even do the thing when i was going to have an extended riff on capability brown by saying we should come up with nicknames that are similar for ourselves like punctuality all um, never really did that at all. I wanted to know what you would have done for me, but we didn't do it. So that's irrelevant now. I'm sure yeah. it would have been kind. Hmm? I'm sure it would have been kind. Yes, it would have been kind. Ish.